awesome to have you guys with us. Called Hope Again. And we're going to have a lot of fun in the series today. We're going to basically birth the direction we're going and uh, really get this idea started today. But I do not want you to miss the next few weeks coming up, so make sure you're here. Before we dive into that conversation, we want to talk a little bit about some of the craziness that's going on outside. And I want to introduce you, if you've never met our partners, a church that we're birthing out of this church called Mi Iglesia, I want you to meet uh, Carlisa Lopez, and this is Cruz. And we're going to just talk for a few minutes about what, what God's doing and, and through their lives. And so, Carlisa, good to have you. Good to have you, girl. Hey, Cruzy, what's up? Come on, buddy. Here, you sit right here. You sit right here. We're going to talk to your mom. So tell us what's happening. If you guys uh, don't know Carlisa, this is Carlisa Lopez. Her husband is uh, Carlos, and they are officially launching a church in October. Uh, they've been in our church, and we're here for several years, and are now birthing that church out of, out of this church. And so they're basically family. And so she's back in town, and we get to hear from them today, and we get to have some, uh, some food afterwards. Let me tell you, yeah. J.D., my son this morning, said, Dad, church is going to be awesome today. I was like, why? He's like, we're going to have, like, God, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, and El Vaquero. I'm like, we got our theology right in my house. Okay, <laughs> so uh, tell us what's going on. How are you guys, and what's up? give us an update. What's happening with you guys? Hey, we're doing really good. Um, I look out here, and I see a lot of new faces that I don't know. So I just want to tell you a little bit about myself and about my family. Um, like you said, my name is Carlisa. My husband, Carlos, is back in Guadalajara, Mexico, holding down the fort. Um, he's hosting a team, one of our teams from California are down right now, and he's taking them, him around to the villages and around the city and stuff like that. Um, so my, my main man, Cruz, is up here with me, uh, taking the spot to, to accompany his mother. Um, but it was about six years ago that we walked up into this parking lot for the first time, uh, just looking for hope, looking for purpose, looking for reconciliation. Um, my husband and I had just walked through a really just complete brokenness uh, season in our life. And so when we heard that this church was actually advertising no perfect people allowed, we were like, all right, well, at least we have the prerequisite right. Um, <laughs> So to make a long story short, we went from just attending a small group for the first time to leading small groups, and from volunteering for the first time to coaching volunteers, and from worshiping in our seat, which I just loved worship this morning. Being able to worship in English was awesome, and these guys are awesome, um, so thank you for that. And just going from... from pr- praying to just being in a constant conversation with God, and... For me, religion became a relationship with Jesus. And right then and there is where God began to birth the vision of for the city of Guadalajara. It's a huge city. It's the second largest in Mexico. It has uh, more than 9 million people there. And it's where my husband uh, was born, where he came from, but never wanted to go back to. Um, and so we began to think about what it would look like to have my church, which we call Mi Iglesia there, which same thing, just in Spanish, 
what it would look like. It would look like a place where the, the broken could come to be redeemed and the hopeless could come and find grace. And those people that are just tired of religion could know and experience Jesus Christ for mm-hmm. the first time. So after that, we started praying, we started preparing. Jeff sent us off to training, and we just took years getting ready to go. And we packed up about a year and a half ago or so, we packed up everything we owned into a Suburban, and we took off for Mexico. And it has been the most amazing, crazy journey of our lives. And where God really started opening doors, uh, because it, it took a while to get planted in the city and really find out where in this big city God wanted us to be, um, was when my church came down last time. They came over spring break. They brought a team of about 15 people, uh, and it was just amazing. Uh, during that time, we were able to let people in the city know what we were doing, kind of announce that Mi Iglesia was going to be starting soon, and we were able to partner with this ministry called Mark by Heaven. Um, Mark by Heaven, their big thing is caring for the orphans and just reaching the impoverished villages that just lie right outside of Guadalajara, like 25 minutes from our house. Um, and we were able to go to one of the orphanages with the team from my church and just love on the girls and make jewelry with them and just play around with them. And from there, it started where now we are missionaries for Marked by Heaven. We're doing their groundwork there in Guadalajara. Like, if planning a church wasn't enough, we decided to do this too. But it has been such a blessing because just like my church, our thing is to love big, live big, and give big. So we want this to be part of the DNA, part of the first thing that our church does is just create that culture of generosity and, and love, loving our city. Um, so we're just asking for three things from you guys. We're asking you to pray, uh, pray for us, pray for our family, pray for my children. Um, they're little missionaries. They do sometimes more work than, than we do. Um, they're awesome. Um, pray for our city, pray for hearts to be softened to the gospel. Uh, pray for our church. Our launch date is October 4th. Uh, we started doing pre-services, and we're getting ready for, for our first big Sunday. Um, and pray just for all of it. Um, and go. Number two, go. Uh, come to Guadalajara. Come to Mexico. It's a three-hour plane ride. Super easy. Um, you can come as a family, come as a small group, come as a couple. Our doors are always open for you. You're a family, and you're welcome. And I mean that. Um, and I think my church is planning a trip for the follow- the next spring, spring break. break. Um, so again, all of you, will, as many of you that can come, we would love to have you. Um, and give. We cannot do what we're doing in Mexico without you guys. Um, there have been people that have supported us from day one when this was just an idea and a dream and we were praying about it. And so thank you for those people that have been giving to us. And this new relationship, this partnership with Mark by Heaven makes it easy for you to give. You can go to their page, find our bio, all that good stuff, see what we're doing as church planners and as missionaries, and you just click and give. Super easy. Um, but literally, because of you guys, people are hearing the gospel for the very first time. So our, our thing is, love has to look like something. Um, and so you guys are making that possible for us to show the city of Guadalajara what love, what Jesus' love looks like. So thank you. Is she awesome or what? We, 
We miss having you guys here. Thank you. We miss being here. But what is, what is amazing about this story and how God writes stories, I don't know, but it is awesome to see them go from, I mean, we were in the very first My Church small group together, our family, their family, and several others. Our, our reach is not just here in Columbus. Our, our reach, your reach, your generosity um, reaches from here all the way over to there now. And so we're blessed to have these guys back with us. And uh, today is a special day. We not only just started a new series off, and it's kind of like what we call our fall kickoff, although we've said it's hot, we acknowledge that. <laughs> today also is going to be a special day because as you came in, you saw all kinds of food out front. Uh, El Vaquero has graciously donated all the food. And so today, as you leave, I would encourage you to buy a plate of food on your way out. It's 10 bucks. If you don't have cash, we got every type of means of giving you can imagine around it. You can text to give. You can, like, phone a friend to give. I mean, it all works, right? We got card swipers. You take, we take cash. On the way out, we had a boatload of people that, like, you know what? I don't want to eat, but I'm going to buy 10 plates. And so that happened all over the place. So make sure you get a plate on the way out. If you don't want to eat it, just give it away to somebody else. Uh, got a lot of high school kids over here. They'll eat all that you want, all right? So let me pray for Carlisa and uh, Cruz and, and the rest of the family while they're separated. God, we love you. Thank you for what you've done in the lives of, of the Lopez family. God, I praise you that, that they got to come through um, this ministry and we got to be a part of what they're doing. God, I pray that you could give us all an understanding of what it's really like uh, to partner with people who have given their entire lives to sacrifice for something. God, I pray that you'd bless them, you'd watch over them, you'd give them hope in the midst of what we do today for them. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Love you guys. Thanks You're so awesome. Much. Bye, Cruzy. See you, buddy. Love you, man. And they are a lot of fun. If you get to go with us next year, um, spring break time, it is a great place to have both a first-time missions trip, if you've never done that before, or if you've done something like that a lot of, a lot of time and have a lot of experience wrapped around that. It's a wonderful, wonderful experience, great place to, to serve God and to sacrifice and to do something uh, bigger than serving yourself. So I want, <coughs> want you guys to know also that whenever you give, you guys know that all you're giving, we use it to both fund what God's doing here, and we both give 15-ish plus percent away to all our ministries. So thank you for what you guys do. I really appreciate you. Uh, all right, we're going to jump right into our series, Hope Again. Now, how many of you guys, you can remember having some, like, crazy, ambitious dream or hope to grow up and be something, like, blow your mind awesome when you were a kid? You guys have that kind of stuff? You guys remember the movie or a TV show back in the day when I was a kid, Starsky and Hutch? All right? I know they came out with a movie back, you know, not too long ago. But when I was a kid, I used to run around and dive and roll and jump up with, like, you know, pretend guns and um, pretend I was like Starsky or Hutch, all right? You know, and so I, I, I looked up this last week all the different things that kids dream of when they are, you know, dreaming of being, you know, something when they grow up. You know what the number one thing for nine-year-old boys was? that they actually dream they want to become when they get, become, like, older is a superhero, right? Doctors were there, you know, firemen were there, army guys were there, but superheroes. Every little boy wants to grow up and be a superhero. What's funny is uh, last week, my, my, one of my daughters, uh, not the one in the front row, but one of my other daughters uh, was talking to my son, 
And my son, J.D., was saying, I want to be a ripstick professional. And, and does anyone even know what a ripstick is here? Anyone? All right, a ripstick is like a skateboard, except it doesn't have four wheels. It has two wheels. And they're not like inline. Inline skates, they stay inline. These turn like this. So if you stand on it, it could go like that way. It can go like this way. And, and the, the thing itself, the board itself, also swivels in the middle. So it's like really, really crazy to ride. So he's like telling us how he wants to become a professional ripstick rider. And in honor of a couple of his buddies here this morning, I wanted to show you, this is JD's coolest, newest ripstick trick because he's going to be a professional ripsticker when he gets older. There it is. There it is. Our garage. Look at that. That is pro material. He's going to make millions doing that trick. I, I, I believe it. All right. He also believes he's going to be a professional basketball player until my daughter said, you're too short, okay, and you can't jump. And so, you know, he was just getting his dreams squashed left and right. He was telling his sister, she's saying, you can't do that. It's not going to work. And I just want to say that that's silly and it's funny, and we had dreams like that, and maybe some of you are still, you're, real hang, you're still hanging on to some of the dreams you had as a kid. Maybe some of yours have come true. But I want to say that there's probably a big, big chunk of us that for whatever reason, maybe nature or nurture, you've had your hopes and your dreams squashed. Maybe you felt like mistakes you made caused your dreams to diminish. Choice after choice after choice. Ah, I went down the wrong road. It's not where I wanted to end up. Maybe you got connected to someone relationally that you ended up feeling like this was wrong. I got hurt by this. Or someone, someone I got bruised up somewhere along life and where I ended up is not where I wanted to be. Some of us have had things taken from us, and I promise you in a crowd this size today, there are many of you that feel like you've lost your hope. You've lost your dreams, and your life pretty much is just on cruise control. Can I tell you that cruise control is absolutely boring, by the way? This summer, we drove to Colorado, and my family flew back, and I drove my pickup truck back. That was the most boring drive. I called my wife like a hundred times. Every cool song on the radio, I made a video. Like one of my favorites was Sugar. By like, what's his name? Maroon 5 guy. I, I would love to show you that video, but I'm too embarrassed by it. But I like made video after video, like bored. Can I tell you that if you're on cruise control, you are missing the experience of really walking and knowing God and having a clarity and a purpose and a hope in life. See, this summer when I got to get away for a little bit, I, I promise you, I slowed down long enough to just say, God, what are you doing? Where, 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 where are we really heading in my life personally, my family, our church? And it was like God just helped me to not forget some of the targets, some of the purpose, and sort of just get back, just remembering and being able to see where he wanted us to go. I want to give you a couple of verses today. One is our theme verse. This is going to be the theme verse for this series. This is what we're going to hang on to, both as like principle and, a, and as, as a launching pad to where we want to take this series. Because I really believe that many of you have the opportunity to hope again, to get back perhaps what God began in you, maybe a good work, maybe a good direction that maybe you lost along the way. So here it is, Romans 15, 13 says this, I pray that God, the source of hope, if you ever were, you know, clueless or didn't really grasp 
the, the truest source of your deepest felt needs, your, your source of true hope, it is found in God. I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy, with peace, because you trust in him. Then as you do that, you will overflow. Now this sounds like, like all so magical, right? Some of us read this verse and we're like, I don't know. That's just not been, been where it's been with me. But as you trust and place your hope in God, Scripture promises, then you will overflow with confident hope, not lost, wavering, confused hope, but confident hope. How? Through the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, I want to say it is easy to lose sight the older you get. It's easy, it's easy to, keep, to, to lose sight and to, to lose track of where I am really purposed to go in life. So I want to give you this verse that is going to be the kickoff for today's conversation. It's, it's found in Proverbs 28 or 29, 18. It says this, if people can't see what God is doing, if people cannot see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. Is that not a true statement? If you turn the lights out in this room and we say, everyone run outside, it's time to eat, you guys would stumble all over yourselves. But here's, here's the truth of the matter. God wants to reveal to us. God wants to lead us to a place. He wants to open us eyes, open our hearts and open our minds to a purpose and a plan that he has for us. If you ever wonder, did God, does God really have a plan for my life? I mean me, come on. I'm the guy that blew it over here, that did this, that made this mistake, or my, my hopes are completely squashed because of her or him or what I've done or this scenario or this job. The bottom line is this. God has a crystal clear, incredible, wonderful path for your life. And he wants to give it to you no different than a sniper aims for a target. God wants to give you a target and a purpose that you would aim your life towards. If people can't see where they're going, what God is, what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. But when they attend to what he reveals, what does it say? They are most blessed. God wants to bless us. Someone's calling me on my phone right now. Okay, so three things out of that passage real quick. Number one, God wants to reveal himself to us. He wants you to know. He wants you to grasp a clarity and a direction and give you the hope through having a purpose. He wants to reveal his plan to you. And thirdly, God wants to bless you. Now, one of, my, one of, one of the verses I cling to in the dark days in, in the times where you're just tired and you really wonder if your prayer is just bouncing off the ceiling. I, I, wonder, I like to remember Luke 137. It says this, nothing is impossible with God. Say that with me. Nothing is impossible with God. One more time. Loud. Nothing is impossible for God. Boom. High school students up front. But what causes us to lose hope? If nothing's impossible with God, like me being with him, if there's nothing that can't be accomplished, if there's no dream that can get squashed when I'm with God and pursuing what he's leading me, leading me to pursue, 
what causes us to lose hope? I want to give you three biggies today. Three biggies I want you to sink your teeth into. I want you to hang on to until this time next week. And I want you to wrestle through these and ask the questions, am I missing hope because one of these? Or maybe all of them. Number one is this. What causes me to lose hope, oftentimes, number one, is a wrong view of life. A wrong view of life. A lot of us get easily, easily distracted when big happenings happen in our, our world. Right? We watch the news We get like a little weak in the knees, like, oh my gosh, Supreme Court just voted on something I'm not for, or there was just this terrible happening over here in the Middle East, and people were slaughtered, people got killed, we've got these things happening in our own country. God, what is going on? Many of us, our reality is this reality, but can I tell you, in real reality, this home is not our home. And if we can live with the truth as a Christ follower that this home is not my home, it helps these realities become less of true realities. I can work through anything that happens in my life and on planet Earth when I know that God is sovereign in control and in control and that one day he will come eject all of us who are Christ followers where we live for eternity with him in heaven. When I can grasp that in my day-to-day life and continue to fill myself with those truths, then and only then can I get a correct view of life. But many of us, and I'm guilty of this often, guilty, guilty that I can get off course and miss that this is not my home. See, when, when life happens and bad stuff and crazy stuff happens, it ought to be that the church shines that we, get, that we get stronger when life goes sideways because we, we know that we get to stand firmly on God's word as being 100% true. So when things go south, when decisions are made, the church ought to be like, yeah, this is all right. We got this covered. We're not getting all like, oh my gosh, what's going to happen? No, no, no. We're going, yeah, come on. Let's invite everybody to show up. Let's invite everybody. Let's love even more. Let's, let's be kind. Let's, let's invite people to connect even further. Why? Because we know the end. And we know that we have a God who once and for all proved on the cross that he loves us. Hands down, discussion case over, he loves us. The second thing that causes us the law's hope, and I, and I know this is huge for me, it has been in probably the the better chunk of my youth life and half of probably my adult life, a wrong view of self. A wrong view of self is the reason most of us lose hope and like a loss of dreams along the way in life. A wrong view of self. Um, let, me, let me just ask this. How, where, where are all my A-B students here today? A-B students? You got a, A's and B's? Raise it. Come on, be proud of that. A's and B's, come on, don't, you know, I know you're all nerds, but that's cool. All A's and B's, good. I just want to ask you, why did you have to show up every week to school? Because you crushed the curve for guys like me, all right? All the C people, where's all my C people here today? Come on, yeah, love you C people. Did they not ruin it for us? 
I have really smart kids. All my kids are very smart. I got a smart wife, praise God, that I married up. Uh, I got really smart kids. They want to always play really difficult games like Uno and um, like, you know, weird stuff like, you know, I don't know, all these smart games and, you know, like Jeopardy and, um, you know, other games of such. And I'm like, I'm not playing with you. You're crazy. Get a clue. I'm not doing that with you. My kids are just so smart. Um, I, I, I remember when I was younger having a wrong view of myself. When I was third grade, I was sharing this with my kids this week. One of my kids was saying, I just hate school. It's so bad. I'm like, you guys are brilliant. What are you talking about? I remember when I was in third grade, my parents were like, oh, my gosh, something's wrong with little Jeffy, okay? He's not functioning very well in school. Like, my brain, you guys know I'm ADD. Hey, by the way, there's a squirrel on the wall right there. Look at that. Everybody, ha, <laughs> ha, about half of you look. Anyways, there's no squirrel. So um, when, I was a, when, I, when I grew up, I was very ADD. I was very ADHD, so my brain, even my body was not moving a whole lot. My brain was all over the place. In third grade, it began to surface. Jeff's struggling in school. He can't focus. He's having a hard time paying attention. His grades aren't doing so well. He can't comprehend in reading. He just can't sit down long enough. What's wrong with little Jeff? Any parents feel that way about your kids right now? The world's falling apart. What are we going to do? Any parents like that? And I remember in sixth grade, all of a sudden in sixth grade, something began to dawn on me. Something's happening that I'm being separated out from the rest of my classmates. They're, they're okay, but something's wrong with me. Every day for about two hours a day, I get pulled out of regular school to go down to a special classroom. I called it the dungeon, and I also called it dummy school. Where I, where I read things forward, read things backwards. I tried to recite things and always got it wrong. And I'd go back and I'd pretend like everything was all right. I remember in seventh grade, I got completely pulled out of regular school to attend another school. And I called it dummy school. I remember when I was in college, I failed my speech class in college. I failed my speech class. Anybody fail speech class? I was scared to death of speech class. There was eight of us. But I didn't want to get up and talk in front of eight people. Like, one, you, you're talking about something you don't care about, right? You're just doing it because you got to do it. I failed my speech class, and I went and begged my teacher for a D. Any D people in here? Got a D. Worked it all out. Here's what's crazy. You are not who you think you are. You are who God says you are. If I would have believed all the teachers, if I would have believed my sisters, if I would have believed what I even thought about myself, I would not be on this stage today. It is by the hand of God that I am up here. Can I tell you one quick other side story? When I first got into the ministry, I was a youth pastor. My very first speaking gig was to the high school I grew up in. I was scared to death. My wife was out of town. I already had a dent on the back of my truck. So on the way to my 9 a.m. speaking gig, I was getting gas, and fear overtook me, and I backed my vehicle up and banged that dent and bumper in even more. So I wasn't lying that I had an accident. And I didn't show up for my speaking gig. I called and said, I've had an accident. (laughs) Do you feel so terrible for me? No, because here's the deal. 
You are who God says you are. You are who God says you are. God literally has a plan and a wonderful purpose for your life and for my life. And when we can have the, wrong, the correct view about life, and when we can have God's view about what he sees and believes in us, Scripture says we are fearfully and wonderfully made. That's how God views you. He has a specific, incredible, better than you have for yourself plan for your life. And it doesn't matter what you have done. God's redemption, his grace, his loves, his love proves over and over and over he's not through with you. He's not done with you. You made some mistakes, God will use those mistakes for somebody else's forever. Last thing is this. What causes lost hope, thirdly, is a wrong view of God. Jeremiah says this, and I want, this is, I want to end with this thought. Jeremiah, in chapter 32, 17, says this. Ah, sovereign Lord, you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and outstretched arm. Nothing is impossible or too hard for you. Now, this was written in a time of Jewish history where all bets were off in this moment. In fact, things were so bad, the situation was so jacked up for Israel that, that God said, listen, I don't even want you to fight the Babylonians. They're about to, they're about to whoop your tail. So since you're, going to, you're, since you're going to get crushed, I don't want you to fight them. You, Israel was about to be burned down. Like literally the entire city, the entire group of people, things were about to get burned down. So God was going to preserve them, but not preserve their country. Things were about to get squashed. So God says, don't fight them. But what I do want you to do is I want you to go buy the property that you're standing on. And they went and bought the land. They got a deed and they put it in a, in a clay jar. That's in the Bible. And here's what's crazy. All this calamity, all this mess, all the, the, the like seemingly bad news from God, God was using it for a purpose. Because you know what happened in 1948? What happened to Israel in 1948? Anybody know? They came back. They got their land. Thousands of years later, what God said then stayed true all of those years. So here's the deal. We got to have the correct view of God. Who is God? He is sovereign Lord. He's large and in charge. Oh, sovereign Lord, you have made the heavens, you have made the earth, and by your great power and your outstretched arm, nothing is too, nothing is too hard for you. See, that's something we can sink our teeth into. That's something on the worst of days. That's something in the days where, where every bit of terrible lie from the enemy about yourself is coming your direction. You can say, no, 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 wait a second. That's a lie. The truth is, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. The truth is, God is who he says he was. God loves me, and he is all-powerful, all-knowing, and I can trust in him. That's the truth. It will always seem risky, but God is in control. Life and your dreams may seem struggle, may seem difficult, but when we lean on him, 
God over time will give you a clarity about who you are and the purpose, he, purpose and plan he has for you. God will give you hope. Some of you today, you showed up and you're hoping, you're hoping that you can have hope again. I want to tell you today that you can. You can through Christ. And my hope is that you'll come the next several weeks as we begin to unpack this more. Pray with me. God, as we, uh, as we close today's conversation, really, God, as we kick off the remainder of this conversation, God, I pray that you would, you would do what only you could do in our hearts. God, I pray that you would, you would birth in us today the truth and the reality that we can trust unequivocally in you. God, I pray that you would lead us today to a place where we have a growing correct view of how you see us. God, I pray you'd block the enemy, bind the lies of what he would say about us, and help us, God, to understand and grasp what you see of us. God, we thank you for your grace. We thank you for your love. God, I thank you for what you're doing in the lives of this church. We want to thank you, God, for giving us your son, Jesus. In your precious name we pray, amen. I'm going to invite our host teams to come forward, and and we're going to pray for this offering in just a second. I just want to say, church, thank you so much for what you do, how you have blessed uh, this church, this ministry, the lives that have been touched. I want to say thank you for what you do. Um, We are going to close, and as we have said many, many times in the past, if you're a guest today, just be our guest. And if you're, uh, uh, if you're where you're at today and you've lost hope and you're on your last dime today, you're struggling financially, I just want to encourage you, if, if the bucket comes by and you need what's in there, be our guest. That's our contribution to you today, all right? We'll dim the lights in just a second. This will be a private moment where you get to say thank you to God for what he's done in your life. Let me pray for you. God, we love you. Thank you for giving your grace to us. God, use these funds to change the world. God, help us to look at our lives and know that we can trust you, especially in the arena of our finances. So God, I pray those, that you'd bless those today as they give. And God, I pray that you'd, we could do a great job of leveraging these funds, these funds for somebody else's forever. We love you, Jesus. Thank you for giving your life. It's a sacrifice for ours. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.